0: Welcome to The Label Podcast, a show about disability, illness and difference. I'm Lucy. And I'm Alice. I'm so
1: much more
2: yes. what
0: you see. And we that's live Lola. Life's differently. Galeidoscope identity. And this is who I'm meant to be. I'm just labelled me. I'm
2: just
1: Don't forget in this episode, I might swear, Lucy might cry, and you can check out details of the trigger warnings on our website. Hi gang, just a little warning that our guest this week had a couple of uh, issues with her sound, it's a bit sort of noisy, buzzy, Uh, don't worry too much because as usual, Lucy and I don't let her get a word in edgeways, but uh, if you can, I really encourage you to have a listen to the episode, we think it's a good one
0: hello everybody and welcome to a brand new episode of the labelled podcast of course by now you should know that i am lucy and i am joined by alice of course as ever hello alice how are you
1: i'm all right thank you lucy how are you i'm very well thank you very well what have
0: you been up to this week
1: um well i'm lying when i say that i'm very well i actually think i might be getting a cold so husband was out last night and i was like oh i'm gonna have an indulgent evening to myself i'm gonna get takeaway i'm gonna have a drink in the bath i'm gonna listen to my book in bed by hopper state with a hot water bottle just yeah. going just well- a crap."
0: <laughs> welcome to my life <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, i had the uh, the flu jab this week um she harpooned me like a whale because i once said to her many many years ago i'm not keen on needles and now she's remembered that <laughs> and of course runs at me like a javelin thrower when she's trying to <laughs> inject me with anything so uh, my arm feels a little bit stiff and a little bit sore but at least i won't get flu so you know swings around That's about, good yeah
1: yeah i have been thinking about getting mine but the fact that i'm already starting to feel a bit peaky i'm a bit like oh Maybe I should just stay inside until it's the summer again. (laughs) I can stay inside till April, right? No one's going to have a problem with that.
0: (laughs) That's the team meet up (laughs) cancelled until at least April. (laughs) 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 No, brilliant. Um, This week, Alice, we are joined by uh, Holly Greeder. Uh, Hello, Holly. Hello. Um, Holly is going to tell us all about her life and uh, we're going to have a nice little chit chat. So it's going to be nice and uh, easy, hopefully.
1: Um, Holly has already warned us that uh, she is being watched closely by her dog. Yeah. So in case you hear groans and yips i think that's uh that's a dog desperate for attention
0: and also while we're here my mom is in the kitchen cooking dinner and uh alice's husband dave is in the office with the paper shredder so this could be quite interesting hold on to your hats folks
1: (laughs) (laughs) yes quite the quite the noise filled episode Mm -hmm. Uh, because you know me and lucy usually so quiet and soothing (laughs) (laughs)
0: Anyway, Holly, would you like to tell us a little bit about yourself,
1: please? I mean,
3: when you said talk about my life, I just couldn't stop thinking you don't have enough time for that Um,
0: (laughs) We've got a very good editor
3: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so I'm Holly, I'm a disability blogger and advocate Um, I run my blog, theworldofmywords.com Sometimes I post um, we try to post. Um, I have a very very needy dog called Teddy, uh, and I'm an ambulatory wheelchair user. Great,
1: awesome. So, um, what was it that that made you decide that um you wanted to start a blog?
3: Uh, so uh, I never necessarily set out to start a blog. Um, I had a huge um, decline in my health and I had to leave work full time and like my dream career and I discovered that writing about what I was going through made it easier for me to kind of process things because um, I kind of went into quite a deep depression as well. Um, so a lot of what I wrote has never reached the internet and never will. Um, a lot of it has already been deleted uh, off my laptop but I found that like kind of writing really did help me get through things and start discussing topics and that's when like we found the disabled and chronic illness community and kind of a safe space for me um
1: I, I think that's something we hear a lot from people coming on is is talking about that um finding writing helpful but also the you know finding the putting their writing out there and having p- other people read it and respond to it has been really kind of um cathartic. And I think it's been it's been something that's happened a little bit with, you know, with the show is is getting that response of people going, Yes, I understand. I have experienced something similar. I've felt that. Um, they either say
0: know, that yeah, they either say that or oh, thank you for helping me understand, don't they? It's either yeah. one or the other which I think is quite nice. I mean, for me, I mean, I, with my blog, it's exactly the same reason I started it as the same as Holly. It was because it was cathartic and I could get out of my head onto paper what was bothering me and there was nobody to say all right sure stop moaning because i could just keep writing until i felt better um and like holly there is stuff that i've written that will never see the light of day because i would probably get sued um (laughs) because uh, i'm slagging people off um but yeah it does it does really help and uh, and having the the you know get get into a point where you think right i can post this now i'm not i'm not liable you know i'm not going to cause any issues here um once it is out and somebody reads it they go oh that you know i i understand that when somebody says they understand you immediately feel better anyway because you you've you've taken time to consider what you're writing so it is i can completely understand holly where you're coming from yeah i
3: mean sometimes my mum calls me up after i post a blog and she just goes are you okay?
0: <laughs>
3: yeah. And it's like she's just gone. Oh, I read this. He seems uh, a little bit emotional. Was really good though. But you're right. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, it was like I'd been at, at that point in time. I never really referred to myself as disabled. Um, I was. I had a chronic illness, and I had issues with my legs. That was kind of what I say. Um, so I'd never really met many people that had for any people that had my conditions especially am I going through the same thing as me and hearing other people go oh yeah no I I have to deal with that too or like oh yeah but it it can work out or there are things you can do to help or there are people here to support you especially when you're in that place of feeling like a burden mm.
0: it, it is very a cathartic thing I mean when I started my blog I was like we'll see how this goes and then i because I I, I I my blog originally i changed it i changed the name halfway through it was called <laughs> diary of a gimpy kid and, it, <laughs> yeah. oh, wow. it, it, um, and also i was quite I, I was i used to be trying to be quite humorous with it because i used to think i was a stand-up comedian and i'm not um but um i always said if i knew how popular writing a diary in diary form would have been for me i would have started many many years ago um so a shame i didn't really although do you really want to hear about teenage lucy i don't think so it's quite boring (laughs) um but yeah i can understand why i I wrote
3: some stuff when i was a lot younger as well um i started writing things um and again I don't think that even exists anymore. And the same on my blog, it actually existed before I started it as such. Um it was a place that I would just write stuff on the internet because I think it made me feel like it was getting out there.
2: Oh, yeah. Though it
3: was getting to absolutely <laughs> nobody. But it yeah. felt good for me. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um I think, you know, it is that thing of of writing something and then like leaving it a few days before you go, Am I gonna post this? No. Yeah, my, my no. first
3: post, uh, my partner, James, he actually like posted it for me because I was like, mm, maybe I could, maybe I, I, I don't know. And I was like, mm, I'm not sure, because I think my first post was about um, like the accessibility on an iPhone. <laughs> um, I, like, I just discovered it, and it was like a whole new world to me. So like, a lot of people knew this stuff, but to me it was brand new information. I was like, everybody must know about this um and i was like "Mm, maybe not like spent hours writing it and then i was like nah i'll leave it um and he kind of fixed it for me and i'm really glad that i did that now
0: yeah yeah it is is good to go to get to be able to give it to somebody and go do you think this is all right am i going to get in trouble if i post this um that is a really helpful thing to have it's a shame we can't really do i mean that's why we go through the editing process with the podcast because there have been times where honestly says you've said this do you really want to say this should we take this? Out? <laughs>
3: yes, please. I have, I have noticed though, because obviously I've written for Accessable a couple of times, yeah, and I have noticed that uh, quite often <laughs> you'll come back to me and be like, um, "But maybe not too angry, Holly." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> maybe
0: just tone, maybe just tone down the. Uh, yeah.
3: <laughs> just, like you, you get in there before i have even sent like a first draft, and I was like, Lucy already knows me.
2: She's like <laughs>
3: a little bit. Um, make it more understandable <laughs> yeah, I, know. But, I, I write the first version like slapping the keys and then like the next one, oh, okay this is
0: nice bit calmer um i have a pa who when i'm writing emails i say can i say that and she's like no you can't say that <laughs> you can't say that let me, take that out why <laughs> it's a valid it may be a valid point but you can't say it um that kind of thing so yeah it's always
1: good to have you see people i'm around you. i'm much more uh i mean i i maybe it's because i i didn't i i posted sort of blogs on this like community forum thing that i was on for like lonely emo kids in the early noughties <laughs> and uh we we also posted quite a lot of poetry, oh, as you can imagine. Oh. i I'm to
0: have to do there. some digging around on Google <laughs> like that. <laughs> Bonus
1: content, anybody? <laughs> <laughs> um and um and my I think blo- the, the posts and stuff I did on that it was. It was more just, oh, today I went to the park. and Today this happened. And, you know, oh, the the weekend I'm going to go shopping. There was not a great deal of uh, kind of personal exploration um, and insight. I have a periodically sort of, I I keep a journal and I do not so much. I used to, it used to be something I did like for an hour every day for a period in my life when my mental health was quite bad. Um, But for me, that stuff's always been really private it's always been about a place for me to process my thoughts um and understand myself I think whereas it's it's really interesting to hear you guys talk about getting that kind of understanding from other people but I think as a reflection of that when I send angry emails at work I I don't (laughs) you don't have a edit
0: button (laughs) no you don't have have somebody going you can't
1: say that Alice no I but I think that my 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 feelings are you could say anything as long as you phrase it correctly. <laughs> so yeah, I, I, uh, I, I have just got verbal though like,
0: it just comes out and I've said it. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I <laughs> thank God that Gmail have got that five second thing where you can
1: like, <laughs> rescind. i yeah, rescind. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> when I was a little little kid, I used to keep a diary in code. Oh, the, oh my word. god! Well, that is effort. Hmm. Hmm. Oh wouldn't have taken a lot for people to work it out though because <laughs> it was just the alphabet backwards right so Z so, was, was an a yeah yeah right. and i could only do it if i had a like reference in front of me uh, so every time uh, uh, i wrote uh, my diary uh, i had to write the alphabet uh, out <laughs> and then write it backwards so that i could and then of course i just leave them lying around the house if anybody wanted to read my Ooh, diary. Ladies and gentlemen, I think we found the next James Bond. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. It, and and of course, my diary, it was, I was 12. And so it was all about uh, that, I don't know, that kid that I had gone to school with at primary school. And I saw him now that he was a grown up, like I said grown up. He was also 12. And I was like, oh, he's turned into a man. Oh, I love God. him. No. <laughs> <laughs>
0: amazing amazing that is brilliant uh no mm-hmm, it, I, mm-hmm. I always think that's that sort of stuff as a kid is, i never kept a diary as a kid i had somebody did buy me the the the, the diary with the lock you know the lock
1: that you could you know, you yeah have a key. um i lost the key <laughs> so i couldn't get <laughs> it. the thing about those right i had a bunch of those and like all the different brands and all the different ones, the same fucking key. Yeah. I opened all of them. It sounds yeah, like you know yeah, it, it
0: didn't
3: matter. What round the shop does that key work? <laughs> <Yeah>. I clothes <laughs> yeah, I, I when I was younger, and then I've always had like in my room. I've always had like a safe space, and the safe space is full of actually just full of like buttons yeah. or broken bits of clothes or something. So I always used to put the keys in there. And then, like as I've grown up and I've changed rooms or moved house and stuff like that, you know, I'm I'm fully grown adult at this point in time. Like, I'm sorry, at this point in time, like it's going to go backwards. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I'm fully really grown like... adult now. Um, mm-hmm. And then I realised the other day that I have still got one of those in an old jewellery box because I've just moved those things. Yeah. From like being seven, I'm nearly twenty-four, and I just keep moving them. So I still have a set of those keys. <laughs> <laughs> the
1: stuff that you keep. I have got a scrap of wallpaper from when I moved out of the room that was my room when I was a little kid into like my secondary I finally I shared a room with my little brother until I was 11. Mm. And then uh, despite the fact that we lived in a fucking four bedroom house, just me and my brother and my parents, my parents were like, no no, no, you don't get your own bedrooms. You guys have to share. We've got a spare bedroom and then basically what was a spare TV room, which looking back, I think, was their room that we weren't allowed in so that they could sit and watch TV and drink in peace. Uh, OK.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and now and we no. are adults, we, we fully understand the purpose of that room. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, but, yeah, I have a scrap of wallpaper from the paper that was in my bedroom from like when i was a little kid and i kept it before my parents painted over it and i moved into the big bedroom yeah and it's just and i've still got that and 22 years later i when we moved last you've year
0: you've decorated your new bedroom in exactly the same wallpaper yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah
1: i used that quarter of an inch scrap yeah. that well, i was like this can
0: you reprint this please <laughs>
1: no it's pink and it's got flowers on it and my husband is far too masculine for of us to have anything like that in the house of course he is
3: yeah i i am an annoyingly sentimental person yeah i'm aware of it but i struggle to get rid of
0: anything. i think though i think though that there is a certain element of the sentimental thing that comes with being disabled and that is because like when you reach a milestone that nobody ever thought you would you keep the yep. stuff that
1: is rela- re- relatable to that milestone that you've reached. You so... see, I I think for me, I'm the opposite of kind of sentimental in terms of stuff like that. Like, I went to a theatre show with friends. Uh, I mean, it was probably like 2019 now because, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, nothing happened in 2020. No. Um, and, um, and I can remember... At the end, a friend was like, oh, does everybody want their tickets? And I was like, no, it's fine. I'll just, mine will just get put in the recycling. Like, I don't need to bring it home to do that. And she was like, you're not going to keep it. And I was like, what the fuck do I want to, like, put a scrapbook together for that I then can't see? like oh this is this is a piece of paper from where i went somewhere i can't remember and this is another piece of paper from where i somewhere i can't see
0: to be fair Alice, i do understand that with your visual impairment i do understand that but for me there is this level (laughs) there is this level of this was bloody hard worn i'm going to keep this because this is like my trophy so i've got things like my bbc pass that no longer works in the in the box. Do you of do, you, do your, you know
1: that? Have you tried it?
0: No, I haven't. But I would. <laughs> I was I, gonna say. I think i think try next it time I, next time. <laughs> next time I walk past the past the door at the mailbox, I'll be like, "Let me just
1: see if I can get in, please." Um. So, because you know, you never. It could be good promo for the show. Yeah, yeah. A podcaster gets arrested for breaking into the BBC. <laughs> Nick, I in mean, I've got a podcast. Um,
0: <laughs> that kind of thing. Uh, yeah. So I've got all that sort of stuff that where like people think i don't what do what, why would you keep that i can remember um somebody coming to help me like t- like organize myself and she said what's in that box i was like keepsakes and she was like what's in it i was like she pulled the lid off she was like why are you keeping this i was like because it means and i, I genuinely think it is it's because it's hard won, so you want to keep it and remember it and for me I, at least
3: I, I think i have so like i do keep every ticket for every time it goes to the cinema like yeah. i have that first idea yeah. mm. and i have like every ticket especially like theater shows and gigs that's really important to me but that's yeah. like things things i'm into because i used to work in theater mm. um so that's like a really big thing for james and i so we save all those things and one day when we have like our own house where we can put stuff on the wall and things i am 100 percent creating something with it um but then I have weird attachments, um, especially to clothes, mm. um, because they remind me of certain things. But I feel like I've kind of gone the opposite way to Lucy now and that they don't kind of show that, oh, I did that, I reached that. It's more of a, I did that and I can't do that anymore. Yeah. Um, this probably the point where one of you says, uh, you might need some therapy for that. <laughs> <laughs> But like I didn't realise it until you were saying that, Lucy, that like actually those things I look back at it and I'm like, Oh yeah, when I did that
1: and that's mm. proof not the best thing of my in. <laughs> like, can you sort of I- I- explain that a little bit more? Like I just I, just, I think I'm trying to understand and, and it's sort of to me it's down in my head you saying, um, you know, stuff you can't do anymore. It's like For example, if you had got a jumper with like ridiculous balloon sleeves, and then you had had an arm amputated and you're like, well, I can't wear that anymore. But from how you explained your disability uh, and previously i don't i don't think you've had any unexpected amputations so is it just is it because for me like i I have any uh expected amputations either (laughs) yeah Uh, because for me like I I I tend to go through clothes quite quickly because I have a tendency. My weight goes up and down, and whenever my weight goes down, I go, "Oh well, I'll stay like this, and I will never need this size fourteen skirt ever again." I don't think that's like just unique to you, though, Alice. I think no. that's everybody. But then six months later, I'm like, oh, "I wish I still had that skirt." None of my clothes fit. I'm <laughs> so,
3: um, like so many clothes still that no longer fit me but they are finally out of my wardrobe like that was a big step but Mm. so I remember when when I talk to people about memories or certain days or whatever they remember like one big thing that happened whereas I remember what I was wearing what the weather was like so like I remember very specific details and quite a lot of them Mm. Um, so like I mean right now I've got a red shirt like pictured in my head that I had Um, and like I wore it everywhere I wore it all the time but I know that I wore it to certain places to do certain things like I'd wear it to the theatre like I wore it the first time I rigged a light stuff like that and I'm kind of like oh I think keeping hold of that makes me feel like I've still got a hold on that thing that I don't Mm -hmm. more.
0: Yeah, that aspect is that aspect of what you did is still in your life because yeah. it relates to the clothing that you've got. I yeah. understand,
3: and it, it is weird that it's related to clothing. But <laughs> no. that, I think that's why I struggle to get rid of clothes a lot long time because I I find that they hold so many memories. Because I always I can remember like, somebody could be like, "Oh, what did you wear on this day at this time?" Like I like could list it off, and I have no idea why, but I can.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm i guess it's just that's the what your emotional memory is tied to isn't it is is the what you were wearing in the the place and the time when something meaningful happened um i
3: think sorry
1: the sorry no the brain i was just going to say isn't the brain just like
0: a a mystery really you know of what it it sort of goes oh i'm going to remember this um, and then other things, the way that you actually need to need to go, what was that? <laughs> like, yeah. no, I have got no idea.
3: Yeah, like, I can't tell the doctors what medication I can take, but I can tell them what I wore five years ago today. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it's like, for me, I am a fiend. In fact, my, my, my brain holds on to useless information that nobody needs to remember far more easily than it does the the stuff i actually need to remember so i am really good at pub quizzes because i just remember the random facts of stuff like and you think what why what um it's just a way uh, my brain processes things it's, it's very bizarre
3: yeah I, mm. I honestly actually i didn't put all of those things together until we started talking um so i feel like i've just had a bit of a therapy session first. <laughs> <laughs> i
0: apologize <laughs> Glad to be of service.
3: That'll be £45. Pounds. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty cheap. I'll pay that.
0: <laughs> yeah. So Holly, you say that um, you're a disability advocate. What kind of disability issues do you tend to talk about within the sort of blogging arena?
3: So I'm kind of that really annoying disability blogger that doesn't have one
2: specific niche. or <laughs> like
3: specific measures um I kind of I look at quite a few issues um lately I mean I guess I've been talking a lot about um I'm going through a lot of medically at the moment so I, I'm talking a lot about that I've also been talking a lot about um kind of accessing care and getting to the right care especially when often there's there's a huge lack of specialists in certain areas so yeah, I've been talking
1: about that a lot lately. I feel like from what you've been sort of saying um, in the show so far is that it tends to be whatever is pissing you off on that particular day <laughs> is the thing that you're like, right, I am going to deal with this. I'm going to raise awareness. I'm going to make everybody else annoyed about this as much as I am.
3: Uh, yeah, it's true. <laughs> 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 like, I went I went out on Tuesday. Um, I had four Four incidences with uh, cars blocking the drop curb. Um, uh, two of which were like on the same bit, just opposite sides of the road. Mm. Um, I came home and I started writing like an Instagram series about it. And <laughs> I don't know how we even ever make it to Instagram so that
0: covers Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, <laughs> Thursday, <laughs> and a roundup on Friday. It's
3: <laughs> Like I, I just get filled with like this energy, um, and it probably means not that much to other people unless maybe they're having a bad day with it and they want to read about a rant and see how rude i can get about it without you know being too rude because my mum and my grandma read
1: it (laughs) i do think though that there is one of the things that i really like about this show and one of the things i really wanted to do when you know before i even met lucy when i was first thinking about a podcast was wanting to do something that wasn't wasn't just the clinical informative, you know. There is there is a very, it's not medical, but it's no. almost like an academic um, yeah. sort of presentation for the way a lot of uh, awareness raising and information about the disabled experience is delivered. And actually, I wanted something that was like no personally this is actually how i'm affected this is how it pissed off it makes me or upset or afraid or whatever it is i think that's really important because it shows the human element of it
3: i think i think there's something i notice actually on my post sometimes um i think especially with instagram is that i post the thing that's on my mind because i'm i'm just going to be more likely to actually write about it if i post yeah but Often people will come back almost trying to rationalise whatever I'm talking about. And the thing is, the reason I'm posting it is because I just need to be angry or pissed off or Mm. bear that. And I know that when I see other people do that, I'm like, yeah, no, I agree. And I kind of, Mm. I get like this feeling like I'm not entirely alone in that. And also I think it is important to feel all of your emotions, not all at once. Uh, preferably Um, all of your emotions you know if it is pissing you off let it piss you off and shout about it for a little while and then maybe you can go back to it later in a more rational state um so i do find if some sometimes if you come back and stop trying to rationalize it i'm a bit like well hold up
1: no yeah absolutely and i think rational is a really good kind of phrase there is, is that is there is a lot of rationalization which it again, I think it takes away the the human element of the disabled experience as much as, you know, you can talk about access issues and things that people aren't, you know, people don't make adaptations to buildings and people don't provide information accessibility and things accessibly and things like that. And that that is kind of the core nature of the issue, but that doesn't tell you about the impact that that has on the people experiencing it yeah. and ultimately that's the kind of that's the biggest thing mm. isn't it is you can sit there and go oh well, well this building has steps and that's not good but actually what does that mean for the people who can't get in that building the amount of people that say to me oh like i, I had to be
0: in a wheelchair for a week and i, I, I now understand and i'm thinking because sometimes I've said this before, it's like wading through advocacy for disability or anything really can be like wading through a treacle because you feel like you're banging your head against a brick wall. Yeah. Um, and you just feel like, I'm like I've had this, in fact, myself this week, where you just you just take a step back from what, everything you are reading and everything you are taking in. And you think, what is the point in me adding my voice to all of this? Because nobody's really listening. And I know that that will subside,
1: but it does get to me where I think, am I making any difference whatsoever? And I think that's where, you know, changing the, the way that we deliver some things and giving that personal, emotional experience. Sometimes that makes a real difference, because I think particularly if you're on the outside and you just think, oh, but you know oh what does what does a disabled person need to get into that cafe for they could just go to that cafe it doesn't matter but actually you know giving somebody reframing it and giving somebody an understanding of actually well you know it's not just about convenience it's about a, a person's actual life mm. and and i think that that can that can make the difference from it not just being, you're not just another voice, it's not just another statistic, it's actually personal and this is me. It's about Mm. having a choice, I think. Yeah.
3: Mm. For disabled people, we don't get the same choices Mm. everybody else does. And I think for us, maybe looking out at non-disabled people, it feels like they have such a privilege to be able to make a choice on those things and that's yeah. taken away from you I mean yeah maybe I don't even want to go to that cafe but I should still have the choice to go.
1: it's I saw a post on Twitter the other day that was like I find it mad that there are people in the world who can just go into any cafe that they want and order whatever they want off the menu without having to think about it and that was more a kind of a a reflection on people with uh food intolerances and food preferences and as a uh vegetarian vegan-ish person like i i get that and i i for me you know there's definitely a there are places sometimes where i i go and i go oh what's the vegetarian option and it's a baked mushroom and that's it or a a baked mushroom or a a cheese and tomato pizza (laughs) yeah Yeah, exactly Yeah, yeah and so it is that kind of you know this is this is a a choice that I made, yes, but it's a choice I made a long time ago that's a very, very strong part of who I am that I don't ever i I cannot imagine ever changing that part of who I am, and so having those choices restricted to from me is you know, it it kind of is very reflective of then, you know, my, my access experiences are a bit different from, you know, wheelchair users, because obviously, I can manage steps and things like that. It, It is exactly as you say, Holly, it's, it's about a choice and have whenever you have your, your options reduced, and your choices taken away from you, it just dehumanizes you a little bit. It's just like, you don't matter enough. Here's, here's your one option. That'll do. We've catered to you. There's no no other diversity to your identity. Sit there and be grateful. Yeah, yeah. I do wonder
3: sometimes what would happen if we closed off every shop, restaurant, cafe that it's step free. Mm. Yeah, catered people. Oh no, but you can get into these places because I think it would be the whole working from home thing all over again. It, oh. it would be like everything would change yeah. yeah the whole working
0: from home thing really I mean I work from home anyway I've always worked from home because my employer knows the value of you know having disabled voices on the team and everything I'm so grateful for that but the hot watching from the like from the outside being a person who would have loved to work from home in every job I've ever had goes oh. I cannot believe this is happening, and I knew, I knew, I bloody knew, that as soon as, um, as soon as the doors opened up again, teams would be, we don't need teams anymore, we don't need Zoom anymore, you're coming into the office at half past nine, and you are staying here till four o'clock, you're not going home, you're not sitting with your slippers on, um, and I, I, but I knew, you know, everybody was like, oh I'm so hopeful that this will be the, the new normal, I'm like, it won't be. You can hope, but it won't be. You know, we, when there was artists who were having live stream gigs, that you thought, oh, this is brilliant. I watched The Darkness. I'm a massive fan of The Darkness. Go every year to see them and, or every other year. And um, we watched them live on the telly. It was brilliant. I could sit comfy, I could lie down because like I've said to Alice before, whenever I go anywhere past eight o'clock, my body goes, uh, no, what do you think you're doing? um and uh i was able to sit in comfort and i was like this is brilliant i mean it's not the same as going to a gig or a proper live performance but like if you have a flare up for it if your condition has a flare up and you really can't go anywhere but you still want to go you still want to experience you know that concert you could still watch it from home and there was a brief period of time where i thought to myself this this could be you know you could have live streaming and proper
1: ticketed events and it never happened it's and it was it was a real a real equalizer for not just for kind of the disabled community but for you know economically it's damn sight cheaper buying a concert ticket than it is say buying a concert ticket and train tickets and a hotel ticket
2: yeah
1: um you know it's for for people who live uh you know in the uk it's generally more um affluent and um there's just kind of more going on in terms of festivals and things museums and stuff like that in in the south in this country there's a big north south divide um here and so the you know if if your favorite band or i watched a podcast live stream from the comfort of my own home that was recorded in central london which Getting to in terms of my disability would have been a nightmare. Getting to in terms of where I live would have been a nightmare. Getting, you know, it would have been costly and all of that. It was a real equaliser. Um, and we've just put ourselves back in the position again where the more well-off, more, um, you know, ab- physically able yep. um, and, you know economically and physically mobile i've got Oh, well, we'll do it this way this is how we like. oh i'm so glad i don't have to watch it on a tv on a, on a laptop screen anymore shut mm-hmm. up gareth you... uh... <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, i
3: have like i have very uh mixed views on this because i come from the events industry mm. um and uh my partner owns a company that works in events so i've seen like the other side of it quite a lot over the last 18 months but the access side of it you know I mean it's not quite the same as an event but I did one of my college lessons whilst lying down a few months ago like I wasn't in college but I was able to zoom in and I was able to lie down and that meant I could participate which wouldn't always happen and things like that happen all the time but I went to an event recently it was a small theatre show outdoor show and they were live streaming it as well as people being able to go and I was like this is you what see we that need that is the solution out otherwise you're mm. out on so mm. much culture yeah and, and people don't people don't even have the opportunity to maybe you know, find things that they like yeah absolutely to access Venues or get to certain places, and even financially, there's a big difference there. Um, mm. and you know, this show, I mean, they also included the subtitles on the live stream, and then in the actual show, um, they had a BSL interpreter as well, yeah, and screens around. So it was one of the most successful shows I've ever been to, and I just thought this is what it is. And it made me so so happy. Like, in that moment, I felt so content that it was accessible to everybody um yeah. however it, it did slightly go downhill when uh, the woman <laughs> that was leading people onto the accessible uh platform turned around and said um oh sorry we didn't expect so many people to need the platform
2: <laughs> I see.
3: and 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 i was there uh, like I'm I'm about to go, and James is like, "Hold <laughs> like,
2: I I'm, go." I was like,
3: okay. I was like um, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Just just try and like slide it back
1: a little bit." It's I think I think the thing that I take away from that though is like it's the don't 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 go. Oh, well, we'll have an accessible platform for the disabled the, you know, the 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 little outing for the disabled, yeah, for the The disabled, and we'll sit them over here, actually, why don't you make it more accessible, more level, you know, and and make accessibility across the, and and across most of it, and then have, instead of, you know, 25% of people on the accessible platform, yeah, yeah, have maybe 75%, of a nice accessible ramp, and then twenty five percent of people, if they insist on sitting in the stupid chairs, they can sit in the stupid <laughs> stationary chairs. But yeah. I mean, it's like it made me think of um my my mum when we lived in London. My mum loved going to the theatre. She was it was a big thing. She's now in her seventies. My mum. We don't live in London anymore. She can't get around as easily as she used to, no. and so there was a period of time where. Um, I think it was the Royal Shakespeare Company where um they partnered with like the National Film Theatre or something, yeah. and they were basically live streaming yeah. shows and also recorded shows into cinemas, which meant that my seventy year old mum could still go and see the plays and stuff that she loved without having to go to London without having to sit like the globe is amazing, but it's fucking outside, and it is cold outside. Yeah like i don't know if you guys know england not known for our tropical weather (laughs) no i can remember
0: i can remember going to see muse uh, a few years back with my mom and it was at the coventry stadium and uh the night before everybody thought somebody was trying to attack the coventry stadium because there was pyrotechnics going off and they were like no no it's muse um but I went to the I went to this football stadium. I've never been to a football stadium before in my life, and it was freezing cold. I, my hips had gone into spasm. I was like, I really need a cup of tea. <laughs> like, I know it's not very rock and roll, but I would like a lie down. No, <laughs> um, can I have a hot chocolate <laughs> and a blanket, please? <laughs> thank you, Matt Bellamy. But I want to go home now. Um, <laughs> that, <laughs> that kind of thing, and you just but. This is the thing, I don't understand where people's mindset is post-Covid, where they've gone, oh yeah, it covered us, it covered us while Covid was happening, and we had to shut the doors, That's weird. why hasn't somebody said, hang on a minute, can't we do this like a dual thing, so like, if yeah, you want yeah. the live stream, you can have the live stream, but if you want to come and be part of the audience to help whoever it is on stage feel like they're performing to a live yeah. audience, crack on, because it's, it just makes sense.
3: And I, th- I think there's a lot of people. I think there's a fear for some people that it means that people will stop turning up to events. They wouldn't. And I don't think that's true because there's no. you do. There is a different atmosphere when you're actually at a venue. There is often a different atmosphere. But this makes it more accessible for people that may never get the opportunity to go otherwise. Yeah. yeah. Um, and why are we not? Like accessibility isn't one of those things that you go, ah. Well, we meant to do something about, like, Mm. like people that have, like, (laughs) the film chats or something so they can see, like, somebody mentioned it? It should be, like, on top of your list because a lot of the time when you're looking at a venue, you might consider, you know, how big do you want that audience to be? So you're like, actually, that venue's not going to work because I want this many thousand people or this few hundred people. Mm. So why the hell are we not doing that? For accessibility purposes if the space is too small to have a big enough um disabled viewing platform get a bigger space or take up some of your standing space
2: because mm-hmm.
3: both should be treated equally yes. yeah, and yeah. They shouldn't, one shouldn't ever be prioritized above no. the other. And,
1: and the thing that the thing that i would say as well is you know if if i know that there is a lot of complexity to Making a venue accessible to different kinds of sort of disabled needs, but I mean, if if you've planned for fifty wheelchair users and actually only twenty five wheelchair users turn up, can the able bodied people not also stand on the platform? Oh, don't be silly, Alice! Oh, how, how do, no, they don't. They can't stand on the platform
0: like
1: some pleb. No, yeah, but, absolutely but, not. But on,
0: but they
3: wouldn't they, would they all also... stand out in that way? <laughs> <laughs> no. Because, uh, no. People might mistake me for a carer.
0: Yeah. Oh, oh goodness. Oh. They might catch something I, also. I want that extra
3: space so I can dance. You know? what?
1: Well, and the thing I always say to people, like I keep saying to my friends, is you know, whenever you want to go to the theatre, like tell me, I'll put the t- I get a free carer's ticket. Yes, like let oh, me- no. you want you want to be mistaken for a carer because then Instead of paying ninety quid for two tickets, we could pay ninety quid for four tickets.
3: <laughs> I have just done that with my yeah. with my mum and her husband, so we're going to the uh, uh, Stereophonics Tom Jones gig in December, okay. and I, re- I managed to get us basically like over half price off the ticket. Yeah,
0: yeah. My when I when I go anywhere with my friend Tom. Um, we go to concerts or anything and there is an opportunity for me to meet the said star of whatever we've been to see he'll go come with me come with me because he knows that if they spot me <laughs> it's like we're in we're in <laughs> with all sorts of people he's like come on come on and then he's like look sad look like you've been stood there ages like-
1: <laughs> <laughs> i feel like we haven't had a tom story for ages it's <laughs> To bring him back. back. Hear him hear him making full use of your disability privileges. he will be ringing me again and going, why did you say that?
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah.
3: I had a friend, um I still have a friend. (laughs) (laughs) I I do actually have more than one friend. I was gonna say just (laughs) one (laughs) as well. But like I had a friend and she worked um, kind of like as she, she was kind of uh, about to leave school. She was working with like a mencap centre.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, and one of her colleagues spotted her out with me one day. And um, knew obviously that I I wasn't part of the centre. And uh, she was pushing me in my chair before I had my electric. So like we met once a week. It was like a love of my week. I just got to go out and be a bit more normal than I had been mm. um, and basically she was reported to her manager because she was taking private clients oh god like, that's my friend so she got mm. pulled in to, you know to be told her, mm. you know maybe suspension or lose her job we, we weren't really sure and I went at her and she was like that is my friend
1: yeah I'm, I'm allowed to have friends, friends. yeah, I mean, yeah.
3: Some people are disabled. You know, my friend happens to be disabled and I pushed her wheelchair because it was easier for her. Mm. And like she was like the shock on their face was uh, like, absolutely outstanding. I mean, what on
1: earth is she doing if she she works <laughs> with disabled people and and she's socializing with disabled my people? God, yeah. she got she can get a name for herself. She must
0: have some sort of fetish. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: Yeah, it was just it was one of those moments where i was like oh my god like what the hell is wrong with people
1: you know? it's, i mean that just speaks volumes doesn't it, it just tells you what people think is why she wouldn't possibly choose to spend time with somebody who happens to have a mobility difference why on earth would your person wish to spend like shouldn't you only do that if you've got no other choice no yeah no so, yeah. well i
0: did have a friend at college many many moons ago who I was I was friends with her for a very long time actually, and we we got quite close. And it, I actually found out that um, she was friends with me because it made her look good, which was really quite um, hurtful. Because she 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 was talking to one of my other friends about me, and she let slip like, "Oh well, with Lucy, I get." good views at gigs and they get you know we can park here and we can jump queues at theme parks and obviously the other friend who is also disabled came back and told me because they were like did, did you know she's saying this and so we all came to a head and i sort of had to distance myself from because that's that's was like a toxic friendship i'm very lucky that my friends the, the circles i'm moving now aren't like that at all. In fact, I mean, I joke that Tom often says, yeah, we get to meet the famous people and park outside. Like he'll often say, if he takes me anywhere in the car, he's like, did you bring the badge? And I go, no. And he goes, oh God's sake, it's the only only reason I bring it out because I can park close. But he's, of course, he's joking. And if he thought I was one bit offended, he would be mortified.
1: I would also say, you know, considering how long Tom has known you and how much Lucy he has to put up with, I think the (laughs) trade-off for decent parking space is probably fair.
0: Yeah, yeah, to be fair. (laughs)
1: There's, I think, a
3: video. uh, It might have been the last year or last winter um, of a massive puddle in the park. And James got, uh like him sat on my lap so you don't have to walk through <laughs> <laughs> and it's on Facebook with like reasons to just date a disabled woman like <laughs> you know you can get over puddles you can get close with things you can get cheap tickets for things and I was like is that the only reason why you're me?" and he's like yeah
1: <laughs> I am I am fairly certain that the only reason several of my friends are my friends is because I come with a dog everywhere adam in particular our editor <laughs> i i imagine he would have walked off years ago had i not been like hey i've got this cute labrador i yeah. think the only reason i uh, and tom has
0: actually told me this himself the only reason <laughs> the only reason me and tom are friends is because my mom cooks lunch <laughs> he's like <laughs> <laughs> as soon as your mom stops cooking where well, i'm off my bike um and it's true in fact sometimes when he arrives at our house, sorry, Tom, you're going to listen back to this and she's like, this is liable, but it is true. You've told me. Um, <laughs> he'll he'll turn up at the house and my mum has perhaps nipped to Tesco's to go and get like some stuff in or whatever. And instead of saying, hello, Lucy, how are you? It's nice to see you. I've missed you. <laughs> that kind of nice thing. He'll go, all right, where's your mum? your mom <laughs> Why? Because she she got, like, got the food. I well, see Tom's a bit peckish. Yeah, Tom is hungry. Uh, yeah. It's only backfired on him once, really, but there we go.
3: I mean, I don't think I'm really meant to tell this story. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to anyway. Um, like, in my teens, I used crutches or a walking stick. I used um, crutches the majority of the time I was at school. And whenever my mum and I would go out somewhere and we're like trying to cross the road and like cars just keep coming, nobody's going to let you cross, she'd just kind of like nudge me a little bit, she's like, please stick on the road, like just like, just, just visible so people can see that you're on crutches. And like, she'd be like, just, just kind of edge them forward a little bit. And then people would see my crutches, be like, they'd stop and I'd across go and cross the road. It yeah. didn't watch yeah. every time, but a lot of the time, and she just like, it, it got to the point where it's just like a little like look little gentle nudge. And I'm like sticking my grudges out into the road, like, look at me, let me cross.
1: Me. You've got, you've got to. I'm sure I've told this story before, but I, I don't ever have to, like, you know, if I go to Costa or Starbucks or whatever, I cannot remember the last time I had to carry my own drink. No, because yeah. I order my drink, and then they go, sit down, we'll bring it over. Yeah, like, well, I, I, to be fair. I can't carry my own drink if I carry my own drink I go round in circles so I'm like (laughs) if
0: I've got nobody with me I'm like
1: um can somebody oh I mean yeah like I actually (laughs) I I would really struggle because I need to have the harness and the lead and you know like if my dog will take me to a table but I have to find the chair and that usually means I have to use my hands to find the chair because I can't see it with my eyes and stuff like that so like it's it is absolutely an Kind of a, a, a necessity, but it because I've got the dog, I don't have to have this conversation with people anymore. They go, You've got a dog, you sit down, we'll bring it to you. Yeah. Can I get you anything else? How about some cake? Like,
0: <laughs> is <laughs> it on is, the house? No, no, no. I, I, I know like,
3: <laughs> when I used to a walking stick and I'd go to a coffee shop, and then like I wouldn't, I never got that offer. No. So i have mm. like one hand on my um, walking stick. And then if it's just like a coffee, like I mean I'm probably going to spill it, but I can I can get my way to the table. If I've got a tray full of stuff, I'm not sure what they expect me to do, and I start mm-hmm. asking for help because you know I wasn't quite there yet. Um,
2: mm-hmm.
3: I I would just you like stop using my walking so I can carry this tray. So not only am I trying not to mm-hmm. I'm also just trying to pick myself up, right? And I was mm-hmm. like, why, why the hell do I do this? But then I go in with a wheelchair one day. They're like, go sit down, we'll bring it to you. Do you need anything else? Do you want me to grab you some sugar? Yeah. Like, maybe I should have done this earlier. Yeah. <laughs> Why did I do that? And then when I got the electrics in my chair, I realised if I asked for a takeaway cup, I could like put a cup in between my knees and mm. then I easily like over to a table without bothering anyone until I realised that like if I ordered more than one drink or I wanted a sandwich as well, that didn't work. So it mm-hmm. we went back to them like bring it over and I'm just thinking, like where's the level of mm. when they will offer help to a person
1: it is interesting yeah it? it's interesting isn't it yeah and you know like I I quite often um you know in the period of time that I spent without a dog I can remember having a couple of conversations with somebody in like my local Sainsbury's uh str- struggling to because I have to I I have to keep my K I well i would keep my cane out because Mm. there's no point putting it away to walk through to then have to get it out again and it's just it's just enough but a cane is you know it's like it they come up to your breastbone so my cane is four foot something it's not a small piece of kit and they are kind of cumbersome and you can't if you loop it over your wrist like mine it, uh, you loop it over your wrist before you know it, it's at your elbow mm. it's got a ball on the bottom so it's sliding around or taking other people's legs out from under them behind you this is a comedy stick in the right in, the- yeah, exactly. <laughs> right in there exactly it? and so and and i would have to w- with a cane every single time i think i'd have to say can can you pack for me Whereas you turn up with a dog and I, and it's I find it quite strange because actually, uh, if you're sitting behind the till, you can't always see the dog. No. When I'm, you know, because where the till is and stuff. But people just seem much more willing to go. Do you want some help? Do you want me to pack for you? Um, and it is that kind of uh, perhaps about the perceived level of need. Um you know, maybe people don't want to be nice to non-disabled people. Think, maybe they're just like, you can fend for yourself.
3: I think sometimes as well, it depends whether or not I look like I've got myself together. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. if I rock up at a shop in, like, my joggers, which is not very often just, like, a hoodie, head of, mm-hmm. like, hair all tangled up, then they're probably going to ask me help. If I've got, like, my makeup on and I'm wearing mm-hmm. something nice, they're like, oh, yeah, no, she's fine, she's
0: good. I was, yeah. in, the, I was in the hairdressers last week and I it's it's very like there's no steps in our hairdressers at all so like there's no step in once you're in like it's very flat everything's fine so I when I have the hair dye washed off my hair I transfer into the basin to have my hair washed and as I was (laughs) as I was transferring now it's always a bit I always feel very vulnerable when i have to transfer in public because i think if i fall on my ass this is going to be a embarrassing and b a faff to get back up again because everybody's going to go into panic mode and go oh how do we do this um i've never fallen over in the hairdressers ever right but um Definitely. no no thank you i wonder what that was there I was like, oh. <laughs> um um yeah so i've never fallen over in the hairdressers so and i what i do is i put my hand on the arm of the chair and then I sort of like do a 90 degree transfer onto the seat, and the hairdressers, I've been going to the, the, the same guy has cut my hair for 20 years, so he knows exactly how it works, there's no force, it's very much, there you go, you're in. There was a guy faffing about with a fire extinguisher in the corner, and he said, I put my hand forward, and I looked at him, and he was looking at me, I smiled, because he was looking at me, and it's an you know polite thing to do because he's like look and he's like gawping looking so i smile at him and he went oh, oh, are you all right there are you all right do you need a hand do you need some help do you need some help do you need some help and then he looked at the head and went she needs some help and i'm like no i'm fine but because he'd said do you need some help i was like he's put me off now <laughs> i need to go and sit back down and do it to, like start again because she didn't herself. Just let me get on with
1: it. I get back I mean? with the dog, like yeah. people, yeah. people, people stop and ask if I want help, and of course the dog thinks, "Oh, it's the person who stopped to talk to me," yeah. and so I not only have to say to the person, "No, nah, yeah. I'm all right, thank you," and, and then they of course the dog. They don't believe you. So yeah. they have to stop and watch you do it for yourself. And so you have to go, No, I'm all right. Thank you. And then you have to go, Okay, dog, now it's time to pay attention again. Give the dog the instruction again. They're a bit, it's different because they were about to walk around this obstacle, but now there's a bloody great person standing between them and the obstacle. And yeah. so I'm like, You need to uh, just, it's, and but I can see from the other side, it must be, it must be difficult because, you know, if you've, if you don't know, that Lucy's been going to that hairdresser for 20 years and she's been transferring like that for 20 years at that hairdresser's and you see somebody about to do it, I can see why you might be a bit like, mm, should I but offer it, to help? It was, I, like... it was the fact that went. he went, do you need some help? And I went, no, I'm okay. No, yeah.
0: are you sure? Yeah. Just, yeah. Just, yeah. Believe I, me. I wrote
3: a blog post uh, about two years ago now, I think it was um and it got it was quite controversial to the people that read it and I think it was titled something like does helping me make you feel good Mm. because I was just so fed up of like we hadn't long moved here and I was getting the hang of using an electric wheelchair and every time I'd go into like the city or go to the shopping centre, people would try and hold doors open for me and I'm like, I need to learn to do it myself. So sometimes mm-hmm. they say that. But with the shopping centre, the accessible doors are accessible. So um, they're, they're automatic and people will yeah. turn the door open. And I'm like, it's an automatic door. <laughs> the the door open. I'm like, I'm fine. There's so many signs to say automatic door. Mm-hmm. And then the problem is that they're stood in the way of the door. So if I mm-hmm. try to get into the building, I'm going straight over their toes or crashing my chair. At which point they'll moan at me picking their toes or I'll get out oh you're not very good at driving that have you got uh... your yeah? and i'm like sick of it rolling my eyes so i'm like please like i'm fine like you could you can take a step back and i'll try and explain that i can't move because of their feet and i don't want to hurt them and i would be really lovely and polite and then they're like oh no 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 you can and i'm like i've been the one that's been driving this like i'm the one that uses this this is basically my legs please don't tell me what i can and can't do like i was like you really need to move and i would be so polite and eventually i was just like I, I was done and i would just say to you, i was like you have to move because otherwise i'm gonna run mm. your toes over and you know what i'm just gonna do it mm. and then they they walk off and then they'd be like oh god i was Are you trying to help her and i think yeah you like that wasn't helping me you're like even in the slightest yeah
0: i can always there is always something about people who when you meet them they will tell you oh i volunteer for for guide dogs for the blind, and I also volunteer for the deaf in the deaf club, and I also do this and I also do that, and they are able bodied, and you think, okay, that's brilliant, that's that's absolutely brilliant that you do that, but there is also like a little alarm bell in my head going, why are they doing so much? Like why? Like is it is it because they just want to help, or is it because they are trying to make themselves feel better like a bit like a saintly do you know like a, well, i do all this stuff and also what is it hiding do you know what i mean like so if you remember what are you going to say alice is to I was, me up?
1: no <laughs> i was just i was going to say uh, i was just going to list the different things that i volunteer for well um, is- <laughs> and and all the all the volunteer work that i do <laughs> um, but then I was gonna caveat it and say that, um I mean, the reason I volunteer for guide dogs and I volunteer supporting vulnerable families and I volunteer supporting elderly people as it is because that's also what I do for a job yeah. and it's good for my CV. And and I, I do a... it because I'm hoping somebody will pay me more because <laughs> <am> of the <laughs> extra stuff I do.
0: <laughs> before, before I carry on with this, I am in no way pointing this at you, Alice at all, right? But there are some people in this world who are often and they're often very high profile people who do all these things for charity and all the dinner and they set up these schemes so if you remember Noel clark the whole mm-hmm. no clark issue mm. and uh jimmy savile <laughs> mm. so when when all that when all the shit hit the fan sorry mom i did say shit um <laughs> when the when the shit hit the fan uh with Noel clark for instance Noel clark in his defense turned round and said well i can't have d- that, that i can't have done all these things people say i've done this bad stuff because i've set up this scheme to help disadvantaged people in the media industry and actually you think yeah. what if, what is this goodness this over egged goodness it's I not mean- even
1: that like i mean it, jimmy savile's said- a hideously perfect example of this but it's one of the things I've learned uh in the training I've done to be a foster carer is Mm -hmm. that people who want to take advantage of people without power vulnerable people put themselves in positions where they will come into contact with people like that there was a reason that Jimmy Savile gave a lot of money and supported children's hospitals yes because there were children in those hospitals that he could take advantage of exactly
0: there was a reason why he set up oh, Jim will fix it, so he mm. could you know that. I mean, fix I, it for Jim. Yeah, yeah, I wrote to Jim will fix it once when I was a kid. I'm so glad I never got picked because I can't run away. So there is that level of when somebody tells you all this like glowingly good stuff and they can't really give you a reason as to why they do it. Like, oh, I just really, I really, I really like love it. I really, it's bragging, right? Yes, that, be like
3: oh yeah like a look how good of a person i am
0: but what is that look how good of a person i am covering up like you know it's I mean?
3: different if i think it's different when you enjoy it and you have a reason mm-hmm. you have like a purpose and if it fulfills something for you but if you're doing it just to be like oh look
1: i'm such a saint
2: yeah
3: then like get lost
1: <laughs> <laughs> exactly I think it's really hard to pick those people out as well because I think reflecting on my own reasons for volunteering and sort of the quote unquote good works that I do, like I definitely do them so that I can feel better about sitting on my fucking fat ass and doing bollock all sometimes and <laughs> like and and you know there, there is there's definitely an element of sometimes I do go. Oh, I really can't be asked to do anything today. But I on Sunday I am gonna spend the day, you know, fundraising for guide dogs. So, like I'm do I'm doing my bit there, so it's fine if I do if I'm totally self-indulgent. Yeah. And and I think, and I mean ultimately there's there's complex reasons for why people do, you know, I think if you're if your volunteering is entirely self-involved but it's not hurting anybody like if the reason you're working as a volunteer is because you're fundraising and um or you know your volunteering is like I don't know knitting socks for disadvantaged babies Mm. like if you've got like a personal reason to why you are doing it yeah even then if the only reason you're doing it is because you enjoy knitting, and yeah. it makes you feel good. It's like, yeah, I get a kick out of this. Like, I feel like I'm doing a good thing. I think, I think, even if it's not a sense of community, I genuinely think if you're doing it because uh, I just watched a rerun of Friends where they said there's no such thing as a selfless deed. Yes. And if there is a if if you are doing a thing, and actually you get a lot out of it, and it gives you like a sense of you know oh look at me I did a good thing and all of this like if that happens but you're not hurting anybody then that's fine the problem Mm -hmm. is is that there are people who take advantage of those situations of going well I'm going to help somebody to because it only because it makes me feel good and it's going to cause that person to feel bad about themselves and I think that's kind of the crux of it yeah I
3: think when you watch that episode of friends as well I find it a really complex episode because I think it's like one of those that really makes you think about things yeah um and then you're like oh wait is any is like is this that is that this um and like you can you can do things just because you enjoy it Mm. I think it's just it's the it's the bragging thing I think yeah Mm -hmm. cool um and i think also you know don't tell me that you do it because like you're doing it specifically for your neighbors daughters cousins girlfriends fish you know
0: yeah, yeah. and also don't do it because you feel sorry for me do you know what i mean mm. yeah don't volunteer to do something because you feel sorry for people who have to use guide dogs or because you feel sorry for uh, kids with cerebral palsy or whatever that whatever the reason is don't that shouldn't be the main driving force of I, I feel so sorry for these kids my life is so much better than theirs that's not ideal either is it really I,
3: i've been doing a um i've just finished my level one in british sign language and we talk a lot about like why why we do things and something that came up that has kind of been on my mind the entire time is mm when people have said to help deaf people. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking to help them with what Yeah, exactly? Like for me, I tend to say, um, so I can communicate with deaf people, so I can communicate with like my clients when I go on to do things, I want to be inclusive, you know, as an advocate, as somebody that wants to work with people, I would like to be able to have that full sense of communication. Yes. When people say, "Oh, I do it to help them," what are you helping them with? Do you Mm -hmm. help them with? And what is it that you think they need help with?
0: The difference between helping somebody as an interpreter and then just using the generally general generalized sweeping statement of "I just want to help" that, to me, is a red flag because you're like, "Well, your your help in those bracket things." What are they called? I don't know. Um bracket. yeah, like air quote. Oh, yeah. inverted in- commas. Invert that's it. Inverting- <laughs> I'm doing very well with this <laughs> podcasting live today. Um that help in advert in adverted commas is um is not as helpful as you think it is. Do you no. know what I mean? No, and it, and it, you're you're fooling yourself into thinking well I'm being helpful. Thing. Yeah, exactly. I'm gonna be helpful.
3: Yeah. It, it, yeah, and I, I think as well, like, it, it seems a lot. It seems a lot about the deaf community. And I mean, in whatever sort of situation this is, obviously, it's just kind of what we were talking about. But you know, people have been deaf yeah. for, for as long as time. And mm-hmm. you know, I even without, if I didn't have a disability, if I wasn't quite the person that I am. I always believed in communication with everyone so it's something I've always wanted to do Mm -hmm. because I thought it's important that we can all communicate with each other not because I felt sorry for someone or because we desperately needed an
1: able person's help. And I think that you know again you can look at it from a if you want to be entirely selfish point of view so you know I've I don't speak any other languages but i have said my husband and i had this conversation quite recently where i said you know if i were to learn another language you know, i actually i think i would i'd like to learn polish because i think in the day and age that we we live in yes, yeah. in this country polish is a very useful language to have particularly mm-hmm. working in social care mm-hmm. if i could speak polish it would make my life a lot easier it would probably open up job avenues to me so to be entirely selfish I'm not doing that because I want to be able to you know help Polish speakers communicate more or anything entirely selfishly I think it would make my life easier and it would probably be quite interesting Mm. but that is that is not about me going I'm going to help you because you're different no because you communicate differently it is different
0: it is, it's, I suppose, as well, doing, doing volunteering or, or doing anything free of charge with that purely look at me, aren't I brilliant? Gives the person who is volunteering, you know, if if for whatever, say, say if like they volunteer to help, I don't know, disabled people access the community, for instance. Hmm. If that disabled person says, actually, you're, what you're doing is not very helpful they sometimes in my experience can go well what well, I'm, I'm helping i have experience of this because i'm helping and you're like yes but you're you're in that help you are also not listening to the person you are helping so mm. in actual fact you're not helping anybody you're just confusing the issue and making them very frustrated because you're not listening do you yeah. know what i mean it's 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 sort of if you're not careful, gives them that one-upmanship. Of, well, I know what I'm, I know what I'm doing. I'm helping you. Mm. Do, you
3: do you know what I mean? I mean? It's like, well, have you asked what I
0: need to be yes. help
3: if I do need help? And like, I think as well with this whole kind of oh, I want to do it to help people. I'm not a deaf person, but I so I'm I'm wondering how they feel, how you know a deaf person or the deaf community would feel. Mm. Hmm when somebody goes oh because I want to help you like what what are their thoughts on that mm-hmm. um, and like I know how I would probably feel that as a disabled person but I wonder yeah. what it's like for that person or that community um to have people talk to you in that way
1: and to to patronize you all the time mm. yeah and I mean it's it's that you know going well I a person who's essentially learning your language who's learning to communicate with you but not to get to know you not to have a conversation with you yeah. you know i and i think it's it's that word help you know there's a difference between say facilitate support yes you know enable um include open up you know access to there's a big difference between that and going to help help a disabled person yeah, cause because is good help and bad help isn't there that's what and we're you just it at. just smacks a little bit of somebody wants to learn to sign questions like oh so what's wrong what happened to you can i help you know oh what what do what do you need what can i do for you but
3: then listen to the answer no they'll, they'll mm-hmm. you with those questions but then they won't
0: even listen to your answer no and you can you and you you can genuinely tell when they are not listening so they ask the right questions because outwardly they're asking the right questions but you know whilst when you're answering these people and you're giving them your opinion you mm. can see it's like they're on standby they've mm. gone they've already
3: made that decision yeah. nothing's going to make change their mind if they nope. if believe that they can help you in some way even if you're still saying that you don't need help or how to help they've, they've already got it sorted then they're, they're not listening
0: and then when you have to get forceful with them they're like oh it's not being shirty yeah. i am um, i
1: i can't remember if i told this story on another show or not. quite recently i um when i was between dogs i was using a using my white cane to get into my town centre and an older gentleman stopped me and asked I I thought he was going to ask me if I wanted help and I was late to get my nails done and so (laughs) I immediately went oh no I don't need any help thank you and he was like oh no I just wanted to ask you about your stick and I was like oh well I'm visually impaired I'm not and I'm late for my nails so (laughs) yeah so 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 I need it so move And, um, (laughs) and he was like Oh, I just wondered because he volunteers for my local VI charity mm-hmm. and he knows people at uh, like local at the local uni and the uh, local academics who are visually impaired. And he's an older person. So he had, I think, a lot – he knew a lot of people with cataracts and with people who had lost their sight they'd gotten older and all of this. And he was like, oh, so, you know, I understand. And I just wanted to – what was the phrase he used it wasn't what's wrong oh that was it no the he said i just wanted to talk to you because you look normal you don't look oh, like you oh need oh, oh. no. a and, and he you was you look normal oh my gosh
0: i am gonna swear i think my swear count is gonna go through the roof
1: does that mean I have to cry? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> go, i get um, Dave to poke you in the eye. <laughs> I'm joking. Uh, I'm joking. Uh, yeah, no, I know. I know. <laughs> he wouldn't dare poke me in the eye. I'd punch him in the nuts. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, He's and you I... That's
3: what you did to this <laughs> guy.
1: No, I stood and talked to him for a bit, and I sort of, you know, I answered his questions and stuff, and then I just, I think... Lucy and I had quite recently had a conversation about dealing with these kinds of, of issues and how one has these conversations and how it's very difficult to not get angry. But, mm. you know, it's something Lucy and I have debated quite a lot, I think, is is that um, about whose job it is to do that work. And sometimes it is more helpful for us to be the patient, kind educators as disabled people, and sometimes even though inside you're fuming and thinking, "Get yeah. out of my way!" Yeah, and so I I talked to him and I answered his questions, and then at the end of the conversation, I just said to him, "Can I just say that you know you you started this conversation by saying that I look normal, and actually that phrase is quite problematic because as far as I'm concerned, my visual impairment." Is normal to me. I am perfectly normal, perfectly mm-hmm. average, and you know, a phrase like that makes me feel very different. And he, he got very—he was clearly upset, but he handled it. You know, he didn't get sort of offended that I'd called him out on it. I think partly because of the way that I handled it, mm-hmm. um, which. I have to give kind of props to Lucy. Previously, I probably would have gone. I am fucking normal. Fuck off <laughs> <Yeah>. and stop <laughs> off on my way. Am I calming um, you down? <laughs> Perhaps. Um, and he sort of said, "Oh no, I, d- I didn't mean to so say that. I, d- I just meant, you know, you don't, you don't look." Uh, like a person who usually who you and i saw oh and he Matt, like, you're no. making it worse yeah. he was going no that's not right <laughs> either that's not and he you could see him digging himself out and i just said to give him, him a shovel <laughs> i just said to him, just just have a think like you know the, <laughs> if don't... next i saw to him, like i don't i don't know what's the right phrase that you're looking for here but just just think about it before if you come across a cane user or a guide dog user again, maybe just think about the language that you use. Well, and... I am proud of you, Alice! Well done! <laughs> I was proud of me <laughs> and I still made it on time for my nails. So.
3: I think you've got to find like the right anger, if that makes sense, because I think a lot of the time we kind of feel that anger and it's like, do you use the bit where you just want to tell someone to get lost mm. or do you kind of use it to drive forward a message?
0: Mm. Um, I always, when I am confronted by stuff like that, I always feel like inside of me it's bubbling up. <laughs> and I think if I leave this any longer, he's going he's gonna to get both barrels and he will never want to speak to a disabled person again. So it is a fight between, okay, let's be nice about this, shall I mean, we, shall we? I mean, if it's nice
3: the about first it? person that day yeah. to make a comment on my wheelchair or something, I probably am going to lose it slightly. Um, like i did on tuesday but like (laughs) like it's it's you've got to find a balance and there's a point where you kind of make a choice i think when people ask you these questions in public when you know you're just living life you have Mm. to make a choice do i want to advocate today or do i just go oh yeah hard thanks and
1: move on and and the thing that i think kind of to bring it back to the conversation you know that we started having at the beginning of the show is that sometimes actually you know getting angry or getting upset or just saying to people that's absolutely fucking unacceptable Mm. we we should still do that because that is advocacy and that is showing the human real experience of being a disabled person is you know what if If I turn around to somebody and I go, you know what, you were the fucking fourth person today who has said something to me like that. And I'm frankly, I've had enough. I've had enough of being nice to people. So why don't you go away and educate yourself? And then next time you come across a blind person or a guide dog user or whatever it is, you know not to be such a dick. You see now, Alice, what you have just said there, you
0: are the fourth person that to me, (laughs) if I was a non-disabled person, would be far more impactful than going to learn about itself because I'd say, all right, calm down. If you say you are the fourth person I have had this week, this month, whatever, yeah, today, I would then go, as as a non-disabled person, I would be more likely to go, okay, yeah, okay, I can understand why that is problematic,
1: not. <laughs> fuck off and go and learn about it yourself again though even in that there's an element of language it makes me think about i constantly get asked oh are you training the dog yeah because i am young ish and my dog looks young you know people say oh are you, tra- you training the dog and i have to go no she's my guide dog i'm legally blind she's a working guide dog and what i find myself saying is people ask me that all the time but actually you know what maybe I need to start saying no people make that mistake a lot there you go just because I am a young person
0: people must people make that mistake all the time is what you say yeah it's
3: crazy how like two different words could absolutely change the message or what people take on board Mm -hmm. yeah i that's like breakthrough through a few months ago with my therapist but um like just (laughs) just kind of changing words slightly depends on how people take it I think as well it's hard sometimes to think of those in the moment Mm. like as a disabled person I store certain responses in the back of my head so I can just like come out with them but sometimes they get a bit jumbled or sometimes it is like your fourth person today just yeah there
0: are there are times where i do think to myself maybe it would be better if i just put a like a whiteboard around my net with frequently asked questions written on it (laughs) um just like yes yes read this yeah just Um, cue
1: cards and just yeah
3: yeah, yeah. Yes, i'm also kind of sitting here thinking um is is it the same from the male perspective
2: like do men
3: does, does does disabled men get treated slightly differently than disabled women?
1: You well you know, it's funny. I was I was thinking about this literally earlier today. I was looking at because I periodically like to uh, look at our listener numbers because it gives me like a bit. It's like my husband likes to look at our our savings and be like, <laughs> "We we got we got 0.25 of a penny today in our savings." Whereas we as a podcast have no money and yet we no. just... <laughs> but we look at listeners. Yeah. So and and the most popular episode that we have, I'm not going to say which episode it is. I'd yeah. be quite interested to see what uh, if people can guess, but it. it the most popular episode is a uh male person with a disability um and I think that their outlook on dealing with public and um their experience of the way that they've communicated with people is quite different from mine Mm. their disability is quite different from mine um and you know, they are older, a bit older than me. So it may be, um, it's probably very clear to people who I'm talking <laughs> about. But um, it's, it's interesting. And I, I do think that there is a difference in the gender experience and the age experience yeah. of people with disabilities. Yes, yes. definitely, definitely at the age as well, I think, because obviously,
0: people are, who are older, <clears throat> have gone through a lot of reforms to the disability movement and that kind of thing so that you know there are certain age groups with of people with disabilities who are not afraid to sort of chain themselves to railings and you know like proper get really protestory about things
1: i think that there are the older that you get even you know when you start getting into your late 40s people start to go Oh, I, they're less—they're less surprised that you have a disability mm. because people do, you know, age can just disable you sometimes. So, um yeah. you know, I think whereas being, you know, I'm in my thirties, Harley's in her twenties, I think that that happens, you know, when they see a young woman with a mm. disability and people go, oh something must have happened to you and that's what they want to know about rather than an older person
3: i'm waiting for somebody to ask me if i'm uh breaking in the wheelchair for somebody else yeah i i think as well but like with the whole um male perspective i was thinking about it because i'm so sorry my stomach has just rumbled really loudly fine fine i
2: don't
1: think we would have noticed if you haven't
3: said anything you should have played it on the dog Um, yeah, when we were talking about the, the male perspective we, because we were talking about being angry, like in my mind I was thinking oh, women get angry, they are hysterical like this is the way women perceive so I, I I was like actually, the male perspective must be so different it would be like, interesting, that it? It until mm. now, and then mm-hmm. something I realised a um, couple of years ago that I'd done is that I I kind of assumed that every older specifically elderly disabled person that I came across was disabled from age That mm. 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 is the fact that they could have actually had a disability their entire lives and I realized that and I they just happen to be
1: older now yeah. yeah
3: and I'd never considered that and then I sort of started me started making me think like what are my views and how how is the way that I get treated going to change as I get older specifically mm when I'm kind of more considered kind of like elderly mm. and then also when I've come across elderly people that are disabled, a lot of the times, I'd, I'd say nine times out of ten, I meet somebody that has become disabled due to age, mm. so their view on disability is very different, it's very uh, end of the world, very down, very um, everything that I guess I'm, I don't believe in or I'm against yeah. and I find that quite difficult.
1: It's interesting. I because I work in social care, I can remember um, quite recently within the last six or eight months um, working with an elderly lady who lives in care. And I was working with several people in that residential placement and she has been blind since childhood and she's now in her 80s and having a conversation with the care staff about what sort of entertainment and stuff they they do with her. Um, and I said you know well what what about she really likes to sing what about just having a radio on for her having some music playing for her because as a blind person Mm -hmm. she perhaps can't take part in all of the activities that they would do with the other older residents but actually she's she's always had music that's always been something she's been interested in so actually just putting the radio on for her this isn't care staff going oh you can't see now what can we do to you know keep you entertained she's never been able to see so actually why don't you ask her and think about what she wants to do yeah what and what is interesting for her as who she is rather than what is interesting for her as a blind person because actually Mm. she's always had that she hasn't got to think differently now
0: yeah her blindness is her it's not it's not an add-on that suddenly appeared is it
3: Mm. Also, also that that assumption of uh i think what people would enjoy when mm. you're disabled like mm. um when i when i moved here they there's like a service where basically somebody can come out and if you need it support you to access different things so it's about mm. getting around in the community and the very first thing they tried was oh you should you should go do like an art class I'm not interested. What is it
0: with the, what is it with the what art? It with art? What is it with art?
3: I turned up at work. Not weaving. To be I did it literally just to please them. I didn't want to be there. I turned up. Teacher wasn't even there. Turned out it was more of a, more of a thing if you've got, um, experience. It's just basically essentially them renting out of place. You bring all your stuff and you can work. Right. I, okay. I, I, I go in there and then this one goes, Oh, you Ugh. must be from the spinal cord injury group. And I'm like, I what?
2: <laughs>
3: I was like, I'm here here because, like the council basically made me up here.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh well did, did you must have wanted that other group and I was like, No, we were looking for the art group and it's just like, Oh, see so but you do have spinal cord injury and I was like, No And she's like, Oh, then well, why are you here? And I was just like What what the hell? like yes. where the hell did that come from? And then like their second option, and obviously I do enjoy to write the second thing was oh you should go into a creative
0: writing class why does uh, this have to be a class why does I, it have to be a class why do we have to have bird box making sessions and art and finger painting and all that
3: i i get it
0: but yeah
3: since i'm disabled i didn't go into any creative writing class no i went into a creative writing class for people with learning disabilities and disabilities is kind of what they said. They had basically been created for people with learning disabilities that hadn't been given those opportunities. Mm. So I was in this class and I, I didn't fit in there.
0: No.
3: But because they like all they saw was my wheelchair. So mm-hmm. they put me in there and then I'm in this class and trying my best to interact with it. And then every so often the teacher's like Wow like you you can like you've really got this, you've got a really good concept and I'm like, People pay me to write.
0: You <laughs> <laughs> like, don't know who
3: I am. <laughs> I am just like you know, not in that kind of really like self-absorbed way, but I was yeah. like, you yeah, know, I, I can write and I I do have that ability. I was like, I'm just in a wheelchair.
0: I think it is that societal equivalent of them talking to you really, really slowly and really loudly, like your your disability yeah. must affect your ears and your ability to understand. So, you know, that it, it um that happens to me a lot
3: oh you are right. But, oh. that bloody head tilt i'm so sorry and i'm like why why or yeah. i'm thinking no, i should be saying sorry because i know what i'm gonna say next <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes please excuse me while i go on this rant I, yeah. I
3: kind of i've always been in that space where i've always just nodded along and been too polite and just kind of let people say whatever. And then I was like, yeah, no, I'm not going to do this anymore and completely flipped the other side of it where friends like, <laughs> you cannot say that. And I'm like, I can, that's how I feel. <laughs> and now I'm like a bit more of a middle
1: ground. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think it is important to to challenge those kind of, those, those just, you know, just, just, just gently, um, but firmly. <laughs> every every
0: time you say gently but firmly it all reminds me of a time i was in a shopping center and i was crossing the road i was by myself my mom had gone to get a haircut or something and i was by myself and always stuff like this always happens when i'm on my own never with other people and this teenage girl got a cigarette on and as she was like as people were crossing the road she was blowing smoke in the face and i just knew that she was going to try and blow smoke in my face and I don't know what came over me. But as I walked towards her, she went like that. I got her, she got her, I realise I'm on a podcast and nobody can see this. She oh, took no. a drag. She took a drag and moved it away from her mouth. And as she moved it away from her mouth, I took it out of her fingers <laughs> and dropped it on the floor. And she was so taken aback that I think she swallowed a bit of smoke. And I went... I. And I went, sorry, mom. I went, you won't fucking do that again, will you? Like this. <laughs> she, she said. She, <laughs> she said, "What did you do that for?" It's my last cigarette. I was like, "What?" Says you, right? didn't it. I walked off. <laughs> I think that is a proper. This is the first time we've ever made a guest laugh uh yeah i told my mum, and was her horrified she was like lucy she could have hit you already then i was like she wasn't gonna whip me she was too surprised that i'd taken a out off her <laughs> I just saw red. That's
1: very badass, Lucy. <laughs> yeah. I have to say, uh, that's well done for that.
0: I think I, that was the last time I was badass, to
1: be fair. <laughs> this is I to... remember it well. It was 2009 <laughs> and it was a beautiful <laughs> summer's
0: day. And I,
1: yeah. But I actually like rolled
0: over the cigarette so she couldn't... Yes. Like, I was like, you're not getting that back, you cow. <laughs> anyway... I think that's a good place to round off the podcast, don't you? Yeah, I think so. Save the best till last, Holly. You're right. No. <laughs> <laughs> Checking, I guess. Really,
3: I really struggle to control my laughter sometimes. Mm. <laughs> I also have a condition called laughing fit. Right. So when I laughed too hard; I passed out. Oh no, oh, God!
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I am going uh... so hard to keep myself together
1: right now. Okay, we'll um, we, we'll, we'll round things off and say thank you very much for coming on, Holly. Can you can you you manage to tell us where our listeners can find you? Where is your blog and stuff like that? I'll do my best. Uh, <laughs> so you
3: can find my blog at theworldinmywords.com my words.com and. All my socials are at Weldon underscore my word. Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, all of that.
0: Fabulous. Holly, it's been an absolute joy to have you on. Um, thank you so much for joining us uh, today. This, this, this episode has gone in all sorts of directions.
1: Thank you for thanks to all of our listeners and uh, the obligatory if you enjoyed listening then you can rate review and subscribe please please do that because it really helps it honestly i'm not just being like weird and lame and, and lame, yeah ne- needy is probably a better word lame is probably a very terrible ableist <laughs> phrase that i should try and remove from my vocabulary uh here I am being being needy and desperate for your subscription and review love. Please tell everybody how much you like us. Please rate and review and subscribe on Apple and Spotify and all of those places because it helps new listeners find us and I promise that when we have got enough new listeners I will stop begging for your de- for your approval desperately. Yeah. We've written into a contract and everything. (laughs) (laughs) And we'll see you next time.
0: See you next time.
1: Bye. Thanks for listening to The Labelled Podcast. If you like the show, you can rate, review and subscribe. And you can follow us on social media at LabelledPod.
0: This episode was edited by Adam Hall. Our music was by Maisie Crunden, And we'd like to thank the rest of the team involved.